We got married in 2008. We were living good, eating high off the hog for about a year and a half and got a biopsy. And about three weeks later, came back positive for melanoma. Welcome to AI Decodes the System podcast. AI Decodes the System is a series of podcast interviews with industry experts and everyday people who will help explain topics related to policy, tech, data, law, and other current issues in plain language. The goal of this podcast is to help close the knowledge gap in a world where misinformation is growing and to help us decode the system. Sit back and enjoy the show. Avery Smith started coding in 1999 as a hobby to promote his graphic design. Now, years later, he has two degrees and extensive software development experience through his work with the rescue team for President Obama's healthcare.gov website and with the U.S. Small Business Administration, TravelChannel.com, and the Library of Congress. When his wife was diagnosed and passed away from skin cancer, Avery sought ways to use his software's engineering skills to improve the health outcomes of people similar to the family that he had lost. Most recently, he co-authored a research paper with a leading dermatologist entitled Machine Learning and Healthcare Disparities in Dermatology. Avery is currently building Melalogic, a habit tracker for skincare. It enables Black people to be their own healthcare advocate through nuanced education, behavioral modification, and clinical support on how to care for their skin in a more personalized and engaging way. Hello, Avery. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have this conversation with you. And it was funny. um, We were just talking about how we met in my origin story and your origin story don't line up. So we're going to go with the one <laughs> that is the real one and that we met years ago uh, doing some homeless care packages in D.C. and trying to make sure folks had the bare minimum of what we could provide, which was like socks and food and things like that. So it was great meeting you back then. And it's crazy how things come full circle and I'm able to actually talk to you today. Yeah, yeah. It was great meeting you back then. And um, I'm glad I didn't make a bad impression. <laughs> I hope I didn't either, but I probably did. But as you know, (laughs) I know myself. Um, But no, as you know, this show is called AI Decodes the System. And we call it that because we want to break down different topics related to policy, technology, data, and law. Today, we're going to talk about technology, data, and a little bit about health policy. So to get started, can you explain what made you launch Melalogic and why that matters? Yeah, I can do that. So, well, I am uh, 40 right now, but when I was in my 20s, I was married and my wife, she was diagnosed with uh, skin cancer. We got married in 2008. We were living good, eating high off the hog for about a year and a half. In June of 2010, we found an odd looking mole that was at the base of one of her locks. She had very long locks that were down to her waist. She would do her own hair. And so at one point she was doing her hair. It was on a Friday evening. And as she was doing it, she noticed a growth that was on her scalp. And so the next day, well, she went to the doctor and got a biopsy. And about three weeks later, came back positive for melanoma, which is the most dangerous form of skin cancer. And it's most especially dangerous when it comes to Black people, because normally when it's detected, Mm -hmm. it's usually very far along as opposed to uh, white people. They tend to be a little more aware of what melanoma is, and it is more 
easily located on white people. And a lot of that, it's many layered. It has to do with the doctors are more educated, ultimately the more trained to identify it on white skin and they are black skin. Because even if you did have it, a lot of times a doctor will look at it and because they're not used to black skin, it may not necessarily be as much of a concern as it would be for white skin. So so she was diagnosed and about 18 months later, in December of 2011 is when she passed away. I had a huge experience as far as being a caregiver and learning also about cancer, learning about what that's like, what that experience is like, and then doubly as a Black person. And so I just kind of noticed that just throughout that time, just basically how hopeless it was. Like on a physical level, not necessarily a spiritual level, we had a lot of hope spiritually, but when I looked at the level of care that was available and when I searched online, it just seems like a lack of information when it comes to like medical skin care and black people. This is such an obvious blind spot. And that was, again, that was throughout 2010 and 2011. So that was something that really kind of like was the genesis because I always wanted to create an app. I've been wanting to create an app since 2009. Like since the Windows phone came out, which was a little bit after the iPhone, I wanted to create an app. And so I didn't know what I was going to do, but I knew I wanted to do something visual. Um, Around 2013, I created an app that was based around hairstyles. I was trying to catalog hairstyles, but I could never really like close the deal with people really like cutting a check to help me get it off the ground. It was a big experience where I learned a whole lot. When I was working on that idea, I always had this idea like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if you could take a photo and then an app would be able to tell you what hairstyle somebody has. That was like my idea. I just kind of had that idea tossed around. And then I attended something called Black Wall Street Homecoming 2016. And I spoke with a young lady by the name of Jewel Burke Solomon. And she had this app that utilized image recognition to locate machine parts. Oh, okay. Hey, AIPOC community. I hate to be a glitch in the system, but I think now is the perfect time for you to screenshot the podcast on whatever device you're using. Yes, that's right. Screenshot it, upload it, and tag AI Decodes, that's A-I-D-E-C-O-D-E-S, and then share it with their networks. Super simple. And now back to the show. Yeah. So it was a real big deal around that time. She ended up selling it to Amazon a little later on, but I remember I had a conversation with her and I told her, I said, yeah, you know, I, I, it was like the last little bits of my conversation. I was like, Hey, I know you do this image recognition thing. And I got this idea where I think it would be cool to be able to like detect hairstyles and photographs. You have any idea how I could do that? I had no idea how to do it. And so Mm -hmm. she was like, Oh yeah, you can, you can use like something called um, clarify. So she had mentioned this like API, which is just basically like some third party code that you can pay for. You can train it. It's in an image and it can tell you what's inside the images. And that was like a 10 minute conversation. She told me that I was like, what? And I looked it up <laughs> and I said, oh my gosh, I could really do this. Like I thought I was just high in the sky. Like, like I just didn't have the, the resources available to pull it off, but she just said, nah, you can do it. And then like immediately when she showed me that I was able to look at, clarify my mind, because just how it works, I started to think of the things I said, forget hairstyles. I started to think of things <laughs> that were like more important. And then that's mm. what I was like, what about skin problems? Like that time. And also I ran out of money with hair pick. Like I was funding it myself. Mm. And so I had to just shut hair pick down. But I had this idea that came out of a conversation. Right. And so 
a research paper came out that was from Stanford University. And the research paper was something along the lines of image recognition mm-hmm. AI algorithm detects skin cancer at a rate that is at or exceeds dermatologists. Right. And so it came out. I was like, whoa, okay, wow. I was just thinking about this like two, like two months ago. Now this paper comes out in January 2017. I look at the paper, I research it and everything, and I'm like, okay, I don't know for sure, but I'm thinking this probably is trained on white skin. Now I mm-hmm. figured that out just because like I understand how AI, like image recognition works. You know, it wasn't any big epiphany. I saw the glaring hole, you know, and right. I called the people to verify. Oh, wow. Yeah. I got in touch with the people at Stanford University and I was like, hey, man, I came across your your article and I have a similar idea. I think this is great, man. I was I see how it's trained. Can this also work on black skin? And he was like, oh, man, yeah, that's exactly what we want to do at some point. You know, like we really want to open this up and help all people. And I was like, "Okay." so that's his way of saying, nah. So I was like, cool, (laughs) bet, great, check, one down. And then there was somebody else that I contacted. IBM was like a part of the process. So I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm very resourceful. So I just went on like some kind of IBM blog. I saw a doctor's name and then I got in touch with the doctor. I emailed him. And so, oh, wow. yeah. And he emailed me back. I pretty much asked him the same question. I said, hey, you know, this training data algorithm, that's part of this like organization that these companies and these researchers are, are building these dermatology solutions off of. I'm noticing that much of the sample skin data is white skin. Is there any plans for like black skin to be part of this or whatever? And then the doctor responded back. He said, yeah, you know, the thing is, is that it's a volunteer effort and it's definitely not all encompassing. If that Mm -hmm. is something that you would want to help us do, we would be more than happy to receive your help or something like that. So I was like, okay, check number two. Like... (laughs) Basically, they're both saying, nah, you know? And so right. I was actually happy because I was like, and, and if they say yes, then I would have been cool. I'd just been going doing something else or try to figure out how to help in a different way. But because they mm-hmm. were like, no, I was like, whoa, whoa, I think I got something here. So that's how the idea came about. It's a long story, but you know, that's how it came, <laughs> came about. That's also a very good story. I like that you talked about like your process, because one of the things that's important for me as we're on this podcast is that folks understand how things happen and how they could also do something similar. Because it's fine and dandy when someone's like, oh, I started an organization and or I started a business in X, Y, and Z. No, it's like, no, how did you get here? And I appreciate you for actually working through how you got there. What is Melalogic and how does it work? Cool. Yeah. Melalogic is an app that gives Black people a single source of skin health information from trusted professionals who look like themselves. Participating users can help to build the Black Skin Health AI dataset, which will provide them with the ability to submit a photo of a skin issue that they may have and receive instantaneous feedback as to what it could be and suggestions on how they should treat it. This new public data set will be able to fuel AI-powered dermatology research and pre-diagnoses. So yeah. like, say, for example, I have a mole on my face or something like that, or skin discoloration. Mm-hmm. What happens once I upload my picture to your app? Well, what we would do is you don't have to post your whole face or anything like that. We would provide okay. you with instructions on exactly what to do. But what we could do is then take a photo of that mole and provide you with feedback in rank order of what it could be. And then also potential ways to treat it if it even needs treatment. So that's the idea. But even prior to that, what we're providing is a black skincare tips resource in the form of a calendar. So think about it like this. 
just like you would have an, an Apple calendar or a Google calendar, all you have to do is go to melalogic.com and put in your email address and you're going to get a link to a calendar that you can then, once you hit that link, you can subscribe to a, a black skin health tips calendar and it'll populate right on your iPhone calendar, your Google calendar, just like a work calendar or holidays or people's birthdays. And you just set it and forget it. So for the first and the 15th of the month, you're going to get a tip. Uh, it'll be a little notification that will provide you with like this month's or this week's healthcare tip for your skin. So we might cover something as um common as, but but still frustrating as acne. And then uh, we might get into things that are a little less common, but just as frustrating or even more frustrating like, like eczema. We would cover razor bumps and keloids, hair loss, forms of alopecia, that are common for Black people. We would also get into certain kinds of skin cancers, such as basal cell carcinoma, melanoma. We're trying to uh, cover the gamut of things common and everyday to things that you would need a doctor for, but you don't realize it. And we're trying to cut down that process, empower people to be their own um, health advocates. So, so these little notifications will pop up right on your phone. And should you be interested in learning more about it, you just hit a link and then out comes a full-blown uh, website that has instructional content and instructional video that is authored by Dr. Chisana Kindred of the Kindred Hair and Skin Center based out of Columbia, Maryland, who's also the dermatology chair of the National Medical Association. And for those unfamiliar with the National Medical Association, that is the research institution and professional organization that was created during the mid-1800s when the American Medical Association was established. But due to racism, they did not allow Black doctors to be a part of their professional organization. And we have the dermatology chair that's on board that's authoring this content. So you can definitely trust it. And as far as the medical illustrations go, I thought it was very important to have visuals that Black people could relate to because so many times when we go on uh, a search engine and we look up, hey, what is this? What is that? Medical things. You can go to WebMD. You can go to cancer.org or skincancer.org. Any of those places, we even growing up in school or going to the doctor's office and hospitals, a lot of times you look at the charts and you see white people. Or we might see some kind of you know ethnic other. We don't really see like somebody that was like black, like you could tell. Sometimes even with the art, they might make the skin tone a darker hue, but based on the actual designs, you can kind of still tell, hey, this is not really a Black person. I wanted to just tear all of that stuff down and create a resource where Black people could see themselves in the art. Even something as overlooked as that, I felt it was necessary and it would resonate and it seems to be doing so. I'm glad you thought about that because even when I heard that you had created Melalogic, I'm like new to the whole like take care of my skin care movement because a lot of times as black people, we're told you have melanin, you'll be okay. And that we shouldn't be thinking about like SPF and things like that, like to protect us from skin cancer and things like that. And funny thing is you mentioned the Stanford paper. But you most recently co-authored a research paper with a leading dermatologist entitled Machine Learning and Healthcare Disparities in Dermatology, which was published by the American Medical Association that you brought up earlier, which is crazy um, that we're like kind of full circle. But my question is, how can machine learning based skin screening lead to care disparities for people of color? So that's a good question. And, and I need you to also explain machine learning because some people may not know what that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that. So 
Machine learning is a way to get a computer to do predictions or predictive analysis. It can make a prediction of what an answer would be based off of a question submitted to it. And that question can be a body of text. That question could be an image. That question can be other bits and pieces of data. And so based on how that machine has been trained. And by training, that means think about it like a brain. We can only really recognize things based off of previous experience. And then we make an association. And when something is new, if we'd never saw it before, then we categorize it in our mind as, okay, this is something new. We move it to its own fresh category. And then when something else comes in that reminds us of that, then we we have the label for it. So that's how machine learning works. It You train it by feeding it an image or text or audio, something along those lines. And then human beings curate it by saying, hey, this part of this image is like a pumpkin. This part of this image is a flower. This part of this image is like a tongue. And so after you do that like a thousand times with a thousand different images, or 100,000 times with 100,000 different images, by the time that machine gets to that 100,001 image, it can pretty much take a guess. You can you can submit it an image it's never seen before, but because the shape of the tongue, it, it's already educated on what the shape, color, size, or what is it in relation to, it's already trained. It can then make a guess or a prediction as to what is in this new photo it hasn't seen, or body of text, so on and so forth. Um, so that's machine learning. I'm sure that part of the answer can probably answer the next part of the question. And that's Mm -hmm. how can machine-based skin screening lead to care disparities for people of color? And I like to say Black people specifically. The problem with it is that when these machine learning algorithms are released to market as a product, the problem is, is that, you know, this is not like sneakers. This is not like Beats by Dre. This is not like a camera or a phone or a Nintendo Switch. Like when you're talking about machine learning that has to do with healthcare, the if it's going to be useful, it has to understand the people that's going to be using it. And if you release, which is so crazy enough, what is being proposed, and there are products out on the market, if you're going to release something like a medical tool that's supposed to target people. And that tool should either be trained on diverse clientele, or ha- which a lot of these tools are not. They're trained on white skin, or they should have a label on it that says, hey, this is for white skin. If your skin is darker than uh, the shade, yeah, use something for you. It's not for you. Just like when you read the label on the back of a box at CVS in the medicine aisle or something like that, something mm-hmm. over the counter. Or some of these uh, medical commercials, if you have, this might be not for you. You know, that kind of thing. That should be on these uh, medical tools that are promoted to be used for everybody. But the problem is, is that a lot of these companies and institutions and research bodies don't want to say that because they want to be politically correct. So, and that's my assertion, even though it's true. And the thing is, is that that might not be politically expedient, but because I understand how business works, 
I know that they have to do it that way. They have to do it the politically incorrect way in order to create a product because you can't be all things to all people and actually create something useful for any one person. So so I was like, okay, cool. Like, go ahead make your stuff. Cause the more you get better at that, you leave my lane open and I can focus on like, you know, uh, black people, but yeah, image recognition works off light. If these algorithms, these computers are being fed skin tones that are really light, it's only going to get educated on skin tones that are really light. And the same problem that happens when you take a photograph, like back in the day, you had something called Shirley cards. Are you familiar with, with these Shirley cards? No, I actually never heard about it. So teach me something today because I'm learning a lot. <laughs> okay, cool. So Shirley cards were created by Kodak the photography company. And what they did was they used a colleague that they had, an employee in California named Shirley. And they used her as a model to be able to develop the chemical recipe to be able to develop their photos in a way in which the skin of their customers would illuminate. Yeah, Shirley was white. So... I thought you were going to say that, but I was hoping that maybe there was someone before Shirley and then this was the black version of Shirley, but go ahead. You know, I mean, Shirley could be be black or white, right? (laughs) Right. Shirley was white. So Shirley was white. And this was, I think this was in the 1950s or so. If it wasn't the 60s, it wasn't the 50s, it was the 60s, but it was before the 70s. And that was a big technology at the time to be able to sell film to then manufacture this process of developing film. So from that, that's the reason why a lot of photos tend to look good on white skin. But then if you're in the photo as a black person, you're like darker, you're underdeveloped, you don't pop as well. And so the problem with that is that that chemical recipe then got encoded into digital cameras and camera sensors because Mm -hmm. all that stuff is just mimicking is skeuomorphism or it's a synthesis of like things in the physical world. So they develop your digital cameras based off of decisions that were already made, right? New technology stands on the shoulders of old technology. I mean, you have cell phones, you have not only cell phones, you have security cameras, you have automobile cameras, you know, all that stuff is all using similar sensors, which is for the most part, on a theoretical level, just reincarnations of the Shirley Card recipe, so to speak, from Kodak. And we're in 2021. So in that same manner of Shirley Cards, just imagine other aspects of of our society. That's how machine learning based skin screening can lead to disparities is because it's just basically built off of previous negatively biased bodies of work. So guys, I'm going to interrupt because I think this episode deserves part two. We had so much more to talk about and we dig even deeper. So make sure you come back next week for part two of this episode. Also, at the same time, share this episode. Let folks know that AI Decosta System is talking about these topics that we all should be learning about and that we should all know about at this point. Feel free to follow us on all social at AI Decode. That's A-I-D-E-C-O-D-E-S. And make sure you check us out, follow and tag us and turn on your notifications. Thank you guys and see you next week.